0: Welcome to the Gathering at Adel. So glad that you're able to join us today. Today's message is continuing in our series titled Revival. We'll be looking at Romans chapter 12, Renewing Your Minds. Man, what a, what a good day today. We're, we're continuing in our study on what does revival look like? like how, how can we reconcile what, what revival truly is? And, and we've talked about it can be multiple meetings throughout the week. They can be extended meetings. They can be four- to five-hour services on Sunday morning. Uh, child care workers would not probably enjoy that necessarily, you know, but whatever. You know, it can be a lot of different things, but really we're, we're beginning to look at in order for revival to take place out there in Parker County, which we truly believe it's going to happen, it must first happen here and not here is the pulpit, but here is in me, there is in you. Like, it's not going to happen out there before it happens here. And so we, we begin to look at that, and that's, we started with heart transformation. The, the first thing for us, for revival to take root in our lives, in our families, in our jobs, like, like with Jody, like when revival starts to spread that way, it has to be a heart transformation. And so often Christianity focuses on behavior modification, and they, they want short-term this and that uh, just so that can happen. But behavior modification will very rarely lead to heart transformation. Heart transformation only comes fra- from knowing who he is and who you are in him. That's, that's the way it's going to happen. Like, like, how am I going to love my spouse, like the Word says to do, like Christ loved the church? It's not by her doing everything right. It's not by me trying to figure it out, make a, make a to-do list and, and knock it out, because that's not going to happen, is it, babe? It's not going to happen. right? The only way that it happens is me getting the right picture of who he is and me also getting at the same time the right picture of who he says I am. And that will begin to change our hearts so that we can go about and do what uh, he's called us to do. And then we looked at what it means to, to have unveiled faces. right, so heart transformation and then unveiled faces. And, And that passage that it's talking about, I want to, 1 Corinthians 5, 3, something like the 3 or 5, right? It talked about unveiled faces, and it says that we're transformed into the image of our creator from glory to glory. And the way that we're transformed is that we have these unveiled faces. And he says it's as if looking into a mirror. And so you have me looking into a mirror, but it's really the image of our creator and then it says, what, when we do that, we're transformed from his glory yes. into glory. Yes. And so what, what a beautiful thing. Then, then uh, Brady talked last week on what it looks like to be the son and, and the good father and the faithful father. And so today we're talking, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. We're going to be looking at renew your minds. And so if if you don't mind, we're going to read. I mean, I guess if you do mind, we're still going to read, but please bear with me. But uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it'll be up on the screen, or you probably have it one of many different ways. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Some other versions, this is the Christian Standard Bible, the NIV will say, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. And uh, we, we, me and my family, we live in Strawn, a uh, real small town. There's probably more here than that's actually in the town there. Really small, great place. Our neighbor uh, was our uncle, and uh, he lived in the house right across the road. And he was in the military for, Dad, how long was Roland in the military? I mean, was it? 20 years Roland was in, in the military for 20 years, and one thing that Roland really loved is the regimented lifestyle. and he carried that out military after military, and he was regimented. I mean he went to he, went, he ate the same thing for breakfast every day. He went for a walk at the same time every day. He checked the mail at the post office the same time every day when he had surgery, he did physical therapy, the same thing over and over. Like it was like clockwork with that guy. And then you can just imagine me, not really my wife, me and the eight spawns of me don't really, are not conducive to that regimented lifestyle. He liked things a certain way. His yard was a certain way. Uh, We have a cat named Kevin, and Kevin loved to go and sit on and sleep under his carport on Roland's truck, and it drove Roland absolutely nuts. What, is, what are you going to do? It's a cat. Like, I can't keep him inside. Well, I guess you can, but that's weird. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's not weird. It's weird for us. You know, I remember Roland was talking to me one time, and the thing that just bothered him so bad, not with us, but there was this on, on his driver's side mirror, it was chrome, and this bird, there was this little cardinal that would just fly up there and just peck at it. And it drove him nuts. I think he actually ended up shooting it because it just drove him nuts. It just threw him off of routine. And that bird did not belong there. That was not his mirror to do that to. Like it was just, it was bad. So living beside us with our cat, there's always balls or Frisbees or partially clothed kids running around. It just, needless to say, he was our neighbor. He now moved to Wichita Falls, which no blame there. Totally get that. But I can can remember we do, like, a big family reunion Memorial Day weekend, and I think his wife decided that this was probably the best and safest moment to reveal this. But she revealed to him that for the past, like, 20 years, she had been feeding him turkey dogs instead of, like, whatever other meat is in hot dogs, beef, yeah, chicken, right, like, and it just rocked his world that he has been eating turkey dogs this entire time and he never knew. Like that, that was Roland. And I tell you that story because when we talk about renewing our mind, what happens is our, we, we create patterns and behaviors and we do them over and over and over again. And, and our mind, and, and you, if you know this about me, I'm not the smartest person in the world or the most medically inclined, but our mind begins to create pathways that are easier to navigate it so that it becomes automatic. We don't have to think about it. Like, and those are good things, you know, like you get the sensation to go to the bathroom. It's like, I'm going go to go like, you don't have to think. You're not like, man, what could that be? Because then it's going to be too late, especially as, you, especially as you get a little bit older, right? That my brother can attest to who's here. He's two years older than me. So it hasn't hit me yet, but maybe it's hit him. But You want that, you want that just pathway to be smooth, right? No confusion. And and we have these pathways that happen, and if we're not careful, they can also become harmful. And they can become, we can develop these pathways by our experiences, by the the word, by by other things, but some of them can be bad. One one of the bad ones is we get upset, we get depressed. What's a food that you like to eat? ice cream. And and why is that? Does it make you feel better? Nope. Because hour later, you're like, sensation for the bathroom. There it is, right? Like, (laughs) does it make you feel better? But why is that? Because that pathway has been formed because we see it in TV. We see it in our parents. We see it in our life. And and all of a sudden, it becomes an automatic response. It's like a dog in a a fenced-in yard. Have you noticed like they'll run around and it's the same rut if you're not careful? And, and that's what it becomes. It's just he's conditioned to do that over and over and over. And that's the same way with us. We get ruts into our patterns and behaviors and they become automatic. And so when, when Paul is talking here, do not be conformed to the patterns of this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What he's saying is, hey, let's stop and think about what you're doing how you're reacting to things, and let's stop that. Let's renew it to the truth of the word. And so today we're looking at renewing our minds is when we reshape our thoughts by the power of the Holy Spirit to the truth of his word. All right, so the first one in, in Romans chapter 12, it says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this age. What what are some patterns? This is like audience participation day, okay? So what, what are some patterns of this world that our minds can be conformed to? Fear, Fear. just like a natural response. Yep, another pattern. Addiction. Addiction, thank you, right? We can We can just fall into this. The pattern of the world says, hey, if you're this feel this way, go to this drug, to this tobacco, to this alcohol, and that will make everything feel better. Yep. What's another pattern of the world? Huh? Prejudice. Prejudice. You're right. That's a pattern that, that we see all over from, not just from people that look like us, but racism all over the world and prejudice all over the world against other people. Yep. Thank you. That's good. You're right. Like we see something and we just we just judge as if we're in there. And that that's just a natural thought. Yeah, alarm, clock. Come on, come on. alarm clock. You're right. We we condition ourselves to get up when that thing goes off the third time. Right? <laughs> what what's another pattern of this world that that sometimes we can be conformed to? Progress. Progress. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I know for, for us and our kids, like, college is, once again, I said I'm not really the smartest person in the room, probably closer yeah. to the bottom of that. But but for us, like, a pattern of the world can become college. Hey, hey when, when you graduate high school, you've got to go to college. you got to do this. Like, what are you going to do? What are you, and, and hey, sorry, that's why the kid, most of the kids are over there. Sorry if I'm breaking. Like, you don't have to go. Obviously, if your parents make it, you better go. But like, but that's a pattern of this world that we just think has to happen. We've been taught that that's the 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 best way to do it. What's another one? Need to, Need to succeed right right the The American dream we even call it that and make it make it sound like it's the best thing possible when when it not necessarily always is. Who said control? Yes, not confessing anything. that's just you've heard that one right uh, <laughs> but but that's just. We get into these patterns, and that's what the world says. Hey, control it! Don't don't let them do make, make their own choices. And so what happens is those patterns. Because we see it on TV, we see it from the culture, from the society. We see it in our parents. We see it in our own lives. We we form these patterns, and we conform to those. We think that that is right. Okay, if you want to turn with me, it's just like a few pages over, First uh, Corinthians chapter one. You can also just look up on the screen if you don't feel like you want to conform to that pattern of flipping to it. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. It says, so we're talking about renewing our minds. And how, how does that present itself as revival? It says, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it is the power of God to us who are being saved, for, is, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. Where is the one who is wise, who is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since, in God's wisdom, the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. For the Jews asked for signs, and the Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block for, to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than hu- human strength. He uses the foolishness to perplex the wise. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who believe it is the power of life, like the patterns of this world will always lead to death and destruction. They will lead to loss and to ruin because that is the pattern of this age and of this world. And it says that our enemy is the God of this age. And, And so when we're talking about these patterns, don't fall into, when we're talking renewing your mind, don't fall into, oh, this is just what you're supposed to do. Seek wisdom, godly wisdom in situations, because it might be the exact opposite thing that you think you're supposed to do, but it's actually the solution to your problem. But our, our tendencies just fall right into habit. Oh, well, this is what you do. You have this problem. You need money. You go get a loan, right? Maybe that's not what he's asking. You need a new car instead of saving up. The pattern of this world is you just go out and get a payment, If you can afford a payment, you can afford the car. That's the pattern of this world. And that might not always be the right thing. It might not always be the pleasing thing to the flesh. But we have to begin to tell our flesh no and not conform to the pattern of this world. This world will not get you anywhere. And going by the ways of this world, the wisdom of this world, it's nothing. It says that it's foolishness. Where is there wisdom among us? only by him the patterns of this world will lead you astray but the wisdom of god will always bring you back to him someone's faking a phone call to get out of this thing don't blame you <laughs> man there y'all y'all get up here and try to talk for a little bit man it's terrifying you know you're like, man, someone called me. I need to get out of here, too. <laughs> to renew our mind, one of the ways that we can do that is we have to remove the lie and replace it with the truth. We have to remove the lie and replace it with the truth. Right. Ma- Matthew chapter 4 Jesus is, has just fasted for 40 days, he's hungry. And it says that, that he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the, the, Satan approaches him and he says, "If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread." And he answered, "It is written: "Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God." You see, that's lie number one: Turn these bread, turn these stones to bread. You're hungry." You need to eat Jesus and Jesus says man does not live on bread alone he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 later on the enemy takes him up to a high place and he says hey throw yourself off because the enemy's like oh okay wait Jesus quoted scripture I'll, I'll do scripture to him too the enemy says hey throw yourself off from this high place because the word says He'll give his angels charge over you. He won't let anything happen to you. So the enemy tries to use truth, but the enemy's a liar. He can only lie. He can only manipulate what the Lord has said. Line number two is to throw yourself off at this high place and, hey, the Lord will do it. And Jesus said, it is written, do not test the Lord your God. Line number three, it says that he takes them up there and he says, hey, I'll give you everything. Everything that you see, it's all yours if you just bow down and worship me. It's the lie. He he can't even offer it. Jesus said, the word says to worship the Lord your God and to serve him only. In order to renew our minds to the truth of his word, we have to know the word. Jesus didn't have time in this temptation to go back and to consult somebody and say, Pastor, what, what should I say to him now? He knew the word. It's a, it's, this is a word that's been being spoken over this place. It's out of Amos chapter 8. And it's a prophecy. It says that there's a time coming where there's going to be a famine in the land. Not a famine of food and of water but of the word. And are we not in that place right now where where we have all the things at our disposal? We don't need the word because I have my phone. I I don't need the word because I have my Bible right here. Jesus didn't say, man, just just know it. The the word in here, it it says, write it on your heart. Teach it to your children when you're coming and when you're going. Write it on the doorposts. He didn't say carry it around wherever you go. That way you can use it when you need it. But he says meditate on it. We're at a place. Where we're so desperate. And starving for the truth. But we're seeking the truth. In all the other places other than the word. This right here has everything that you need. Every answer. To every problem. Is right here. If it wasn't then it wouldn't be the good book. It would just be more pages. But everything that you need is right there. But yet we search all over the place. We try to find it in alcohol, in tobacco, Dr. Pepper, ice cream, whatever it is, that's your thing. But we're in a time where we need the word. You cannot tell the enemy what a lie is if you don't know what the truth is. Even when the enemy quoted scripture, Jesus knew that that was a lie. And we think that we're just going to come with it. Oh, man, the Lord's going to give it to me right when I need it. Man, in that moment, the Lord will reveal it to me. He might, because he's gracious. But we've lost the art of just sitting down and studying our word. Because I can listen to a preacher on Facebook, and I can get one good quote off of there, and man, that's going to be really good. And I can tell that to a lot of people, and they're going to think that I really, I'm in the word. The manna that rained down from heaven was for that day. But for so long, we've been living off of manna from two, three, four, five years ago. So when we come into a situation where we need the bread of life, we go, oh, well, what about that? That's yesterday's manna. It's sour and it's rotten. We've we got to get to back to the time where we're in the Word daily. Yes. Because when you're in the Word daily, it brings life to you. The non-denominational churches sometimes can, can make fun of other denominations. We can make fun of the Baptists. But if you want to know the Word of God better than any, any time in your life, go to a Baptist church. They're going to preach the word, man. You're going to know that thing. And, and we, we come out of denominationism denominationism, because there's freedom outside of it. But what we come into is we lose the art of the discipline of getting into our word, of loving the word. We love the spirit. We, we, we go, yeah, it, it's the word. It's the rhema, the spoken word of God. But even then you have to judge the spoken word of God by the written word of God. You won't even know the truth of the spoken word if you don't know the truth of the written word. How can you judge if that word that is spoken is good and valid if you can't compare it to this? It might tickle your ears. It might sound good. It might tell you that you get a second house and someone's going to give you a free car and it's going to be an awesome year 2023. But if it doesn't say it here, how are you going to know if that word is true? but we rely on everybody else get back into the word satan was tempted in the same way that eve was tempted all right jesus was tempted in the same way that eve was tempted with food with pleasure and with power and that th- those are the three ways that he tempts us food pleasure and power and how are you going to dispel the enemy how are you going to come against him in the middle of the night when he wants you to eat ice cream, and you say, man, Lord, that's, that's not what you have for me today. When, when, when he's tempting you with a new job and a new promotion, and yeah, it might pull you away from the family a little bit more, but man, what? just think what it's going to do. It's going to give you those opportunities, but how do you know that that's the right thing if you're not in the only thing that's true? The enemy of our soul will use the greed of our hearts to destroy us. Let's try that thing. The enemy of our soul will use the greed of our hearts to destroy us. He will always tempt us with food, with pleasure, and power. And we cannot allow the greed of our hearts to override the truth of his word. I feel like I've done it today on that, right? Y'all, y'all get it. To, today, when you get home, read the word. Tomorrow, when you get up in the morning... Read the word. Maybe it's tomorrow before you go to bed. But be careful that you say you're going to do it before you go to bed. Because before you go to bed, you're really tired. And there's 9 billion other things to do. Satan is a liar. That's all he knows to do. He says he's the father of lies, and every word that he ever spoke is a lie. Every word that he's going to speak is a lie. The only way to combat it by the renewing of our mind is to remove the lie and to replace it with truth. You also have to take your thoughts captive. If we're going to renew our mind, then we have to take our thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians says 10.5 says, take your thoughts captive. I'm going to quote it in a different one. right? Take your thoughts captive and make it obedient to the will of Christ. Because it talks about in in 2 Corinthians 10, like 3 and 4 says, For we do not wage war as the the world wages war. For, For our enemy is not flesh and blood, but against rulers and powers and principalities of darkness. And then he says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to the will of Christ. If you, if you want to renew your mind, if you want to walk into revival, you want to see some change in your life, take the thoughts captive. If you don't take them captive, they will captivate you. Have you ever been captivated by your thoughts? That thought of, man, I'm not enough. And if you allow that to keep going down, you'll go down a very dark path. And you'll begin to believe it. But you have to take your thought captive. It says, As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Our perception is reality. If you believe it, then your life will live it. We have to take it captive and make it obedient to the will of God. There are thoughts that flood your mind all day long. And if you allow your mind to continue to run down that heart down down that path then the enemy will steal your heart away from the father. Yeah. If you if you don't think that you're worthy the enemy will remind you all day long of how worthy you're not. Yeah, right. Of all the mistakes you made today. The way that you failed, the way that the way that uh Tony got up early and read his bible and you didn't. Man He's going to begin to eat on you and eat away at you. You have to begin to take that thought captive. And you have to to begin to declare that truth over it again. Because, like, like, just take that thought of you're not worthy. Here's how, like, to combat that. You take it captive and you make it obedient to the will of God and you say, Man, I, I feel unworthy right now, Father. But I know that your son died on a cross for me. Mm-hmm. So that makes me worthy. Yes. Oh, your, your word says that I'm the apple of your eye. That's right. Second Ephesians, second Ephesians, eh, whatever. <laughs> Ephesians 2. Don't get me off on that. See, that's the lie. All right? Here's the truth. Ephesians 2 says, For you are God's masterpiece. The, the workmanship of his hands. And that word masterpiece in the Greek means like, I mean, imagine you've got the fireplace and you have the mantle and the most prized possession goes up there. That, that's who he says you are. Yes. So, so you have to begin to declare these things over him, over yourself. And you, you're telling yourself this. You take that thought captive and you say, no, no, I am worthy. He died on a cross for me. Yes. And he... He says that he's going to wipe away every tear. He says that I'm loved and I'm valued. You know, if you, if you struggle with fear and anxiety, man, those are things that are gripping and paralyzing to you. Man, take it captive. Don't let your mind go there. And you begin to just say, oh man, the Lord said he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll never turn his back on me. That, that he is good and his plans for me are good. That nothing can separate me from the love of God. You have to begin to declare these things over yourself. Because if you don't declare them over yourself, then the enemy is declaring over you all the reasons you should be fearful. But you have to take those thoughts captive. Every attitude, every action, every word originates as a thought. Everything that you say, that you do, that you believe started right here. That's why it's so important to take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. If that thought is, man, I I love you today, you're like, Lord, thank you for speaking that over me. If it's with addiction, if you struggle with addiction, you have to begin to take that thought captive. The thought is, you're always going to be stuck in this, Joanna, this goes with your word. like, You're always going to be stuck here. Oh, it's been 17 days, big deal. You're going to have to start over again one time. That, that thought continues to go on, you're never going to beat this. Who do you think you are Try, trying to pray in front of other people when you're still dealing with this? That thought goes further and further, but, but you have to begin to say, oh man, my, the Lord did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love. A sound mind. You have to begin to say over you that that the grace of God trains me. And and these are scriptures to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. That God is faithful and he provides an escape for every temptation. And even if you pass on all of those escapes, he gives us endurance to make it through. Man, when when you're tempted with addiction, all you have to say is, and the word says to submit to God to resist the devil and he will flee from you where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom man i i was a slave to this but no more cuz it says that i was a slave to sin but now i'm a son of god that I'm a co-heir with christ do you see how you have to take the thought captive And begin to declare to yourself, not not some mumbo jumbo made up stuff like you're just pulling out of anywhere. But it's the word of God that you're declaring, not just to yourself, but to the enemy that says, I know you say that I'm not worthy and you want me to think that I'm not worthy. But this is what the Lord says about me. There's this passage, Romans 5 or Romans 8, 5, and 6, it's phenomenal. It says, for those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the thing of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now, the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Oh, yeah, but the the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. Renewing our mind is walking in revival. It might not be flashy and it might not go viral. But being consistent in his word. Renewing your mind to the fact that you're loved and you're called a child of God. Because I think one thing that we often forget is that when we talk about the Lord blesses us some 30, 60, 100 fold We think that that it's always for us. But when we sow the seed of revival, we, we reap it a hundredfold. And I might not see it in my life. But when I renew my mind to the fact that addiction has no power over me, that fear has no hold on me, then that little girl who has gotten up 92 times, no less today, then that little girl gets to reap from the seeds that I've sown. Yeah. And that is how you sow, and that's how you reap a hundredfold. Yes, because you might deal with money issues, but when you renew your mind to the fact that he is good and he, set, he brings freedom into your life, now your kids never know a day of lack. So good, revival is so much more than just you. Revival is for generations. Yes, I'm, not, I'm not preaching revival for me. I'm preaching revival so that my kids can reap the benefit of it. I don't continue to have freedom over my addictions so that I can enjoy it. I do it so that my kids don't have to deal with the generational bondage. (laughs) That's so loud every time. Why is this a big deal? Because it says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Because until we renew our minds, we will not know what the good, the perfect, and the pleasing will of the Father is. We're out there running around trying to do all the things to please Him, but it's with an unrenewed mind. Whenever we have have the renewed mind, we can stop running and we can start resting. When we have a renewed mind, we have access to the plans and the purposes of God. A renewed mind knows the plans and the purposes of God so that when we get a no, we don't have to question him and start all over again. We get a no or a wait and it's like, okay, man, that, that is the perfect the pleasing and the goodwill of the father for for him to tell me no the word renewing means changing your thinking it's the same word as repentance and man are we not in a place that we just one there's a famine for the word and there is this repentance has just been given this ugliness but man Jesus is the gospel says repent repent For the kingdom of heaven is near. The first words of Jesus' ministry is repent. And we've made it this nasty thing where we have to go to the principal's office and confess all of our stuff. Repentance is just changing your thinking. Change the way that you're viewing things. And walking it out. Because right believing leads to right living. You cannot live the life that God has called you to with wrong thinking. We must change our thinking. So here's how we're going to end today. Because what good is it to just come here and hear the words, but to not allow them to penetrate your heart? So just, I'm going to ask a couple of questions and just, if the Lord speaks something great, if he doesn't, don't make it up. (laughs) All right? I, I, I don't need that. To, to make myself feel better I'm good is there a pattern of this world that you need to repent of? Is there something that you're doing that you're just doing because that's what everyone else does? Is there a lie that you have believed and that you but that you want the truth of God's word to be renewed to? What lie have you been believing? I saw some of your faces. I phrased that dumb. What lie have you been believing that you want to remove today? I like, I like to, to shop. I love shoes. And one of the lies is that when I get a new pair of shoes, it makes me happy but it genuinely does make me happy but the lie is that that the only way that I can be happy is if I have a new pair of shoes and that's silly but what do you do what lie do you believe in your pleasure life that's like man when when I get that when I get that coffee man everything's just right because what what those lies cause us to do is to run to those things instead of the Father. That when, when I'm not happy, I'll go buy a pair of shoes instead of run to my Father. That, that when I'm not happy, I'll go to ice cream so that I don't have to confront the truth of what I'm going through. Is there a lie that you believed that you need the truth of God's word? And would you like to take control of your thought life? It, it's so easy that we, we don't even think about it. We just, we let our thoughts run wild. They, they come out into our mouths before we've even thought what we're saying. We just think it and we just say it without regard to consequence. We allow our thoughts to just run rampant. But yet, then they create the ruts that we find ourselves unable to escape because we haven't taken them captive. We've allowed our brains to just go on autopilot, and this is how we respond to this situation. So that, that's the questions. So we're, I'm going to close with prayer, but I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. And when he does, you say, thank you. I repent of it. And you might even have to say, Lord, I don't even know how to change that thought. I know it's a lie, but I just don't even know your truth to that. Just ask him for wisdom because he'll give it to you. So, Father, we just come before you today. Father, we so desperately desire revival. And Father, we submit to you our, our minds, the renewed minds. Any of these questions today. Father, you, you have the free reign to just convict me right now. To bring truth to my life, to, to maybe things that I haven't seen. Father, that, that, that your word would just bring truth to them right now. And Father, for, for those things that you're calling out in us today those things that you're revealing in us. Father, I pray for strength to be able to walk through them this week, to begin to change our minds, to no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Not for our benefit, but for those that come after us. Father, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed uh, to... Go get your kids and then join us for lunch. There's no other dismissal that's necessary except to go eat lunch with us. Do not leave without eating with us. Lots of food today.